The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go go and get engaged. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds, Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process. Mm. And Kinetics <laughs> and Kinetic Skateboard Shop. Get 9%, 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today. Free agency begins at midnight, so this podcast could have a lifespan of 10 or 12 hours, or it could last a few days. You never know. Um, went from definitely LeBron to no LeBron to maybe LeBron. We'll talk about that. Kawhi trades, Paul George, the rest of the free agents. We'll go over all of them. I have a big list for Mike. And we will also have uh, Andrew Unterberger on to talk about doing nothing in free agency and the upcoming five-year rights to Ricky Sanchez anniversary. Three days left to get your Dave Silver Cobra Kai t-shirts. They are available at rightstrickysanchez.com. And without further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who no longer has blood, just mead run through, runs through his veins. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. I'm full mead at this point. I'm a, I'm a red meaded, I'm a, I'm a beige meaded American. Uh, what's up, man? How are you feeling about free agency it's here um kind of yeah i'm uh it feels to me a little potentially anticlimactic oh yeah for me. Uh, i mean of course midnight will be anticlimactic because there's no way lebron or paul george or anybody is like signing at midnight on the weekend like that's not gonna happen they're 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 too media savvy for that so midnight you know, the big thing that will happen at midnight to me is like, uh, why do I keep forgetting his name? The Denver guy, um, Will Barton, like uh, Will Barton signs for three for 36 in Indiana. And then we all wait up for another 90 minutes and then nothing happens. But here's my big prediction, my bold free agency prediction. It's pretty vague, but uh, it's a specifically it's specifically vague. Mm-hmm. I think there will be one major surprise in free agency. And if the Sixers are not involved, I think it will be overall a pretty quiet next few days for the Sixers. What if the, uh, what if the big I, surprise I is like? What if the big surprise is like not a signing, but like somebody comes out as gay, <laughs> and that's that's free agency. <laughs> Nobody signs anywhere. <laughs> it just fucking it it, hand, it handicaps every. No one will do anything. Nobody knows what to do. That'd be great. Um, I love it. Yeah, that'd be huge. It's not what I meant, but uh, it is. It is hilarious. That's my free agency major, prediction. That somebody comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody really masculine, obviously. Is awesome. it? It will be surprising, uh, obviously, that this person is gay. I guess I don't, I don't want to go too deep into this. I, I feel like there's no way that I, that this goes well. This conversation. <laughs> um, I I and when I say major free agency surprise, I do think I would include in that if. 
Aaron Gordon got a huge offer and Orlando did not match that, I think that is surprising. So I think that is base level surprise for me. Yeah. Uh, but it could go all the way up to LeBron actually does find a way to Houston or, or something like that. You know. Yeah, that would so be that, that's where I am. Uh, where are you at? Um. Yeah, I sort of don't think they get anybody. I think that it'll have to be in a trade. Um, I think they'll probably renounce. They haven't renounced anybody yet, have they? No. So I think they'd probably renounce the rights to everybody they can and then wait and see. It, so, it sort of seems like it'll be a wait. Um, I don't know. I posted the... I posted that uh, the tweet about my prediction for the roster, which included yes. a CJ McCollum trade. That, that was on the last pod, which, by the way, we pod. have to discuss. I have it in the rundown. Like the the reaction was strong. It was very <laughs> strong. I mean, this was this was my equivalent, I guess, of of you getting reamed for any uh, false shoulder stuff, right? That's what you get yes. called out for. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. Which what is never the shoulder. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, people like were very upset. Yes. I at no point did I say like they must make this trade. I don't have any <laughs> sources about it. I it just, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, you I've, were I've trying to. That, I, I found that people are already uh, assuming Jonah Bolden is an all star, which is a fun yes. Which yep. is a fun thing for people to be like, hey, the Euro League is nothing, it's trash. But also, that guy that is the playing okay over there. <laughs> yeah. Untradeable. Yeah, well the <clears throat> it's I I think what happened with the McCollum trade, and I I want to do a, a segment on this later, so I don't want to go too deep onto it. But I think what happened was you tried to not be a homer. Yes. So you went a little overboard in what you offered. Sure. But but most people are are homery by nature, mm-hmm. so it looked even crazier to them. So while you may have offered, let's say, 23% too much, they're expecting to pay 25% not enough, so the difference was even bigger. That's but fair. boy, they were mad, they I, were I mad. would say. I think, that was good. Yeah. Uh, um, good. I want to make everybody mad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trade everybody <laughs> now. I'm going to trade Embiid <laughs> for Shane Larkin, and I think that's a fair trade. Well, you idiot! Shane Larkin's a free agent, so um, <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, uh, the we will not have a Willie Green five star Apple Podcast review this podcast, but I will say we are the the five star ratings are are starting to march scarily close to two thousand. We're at one thousand six hundred eighty. Please leave yours at Apple Podcasts. I want to start uh, talking about the you know the head of the uh, the snake, as it were, in LeBron. Um, do you? Is that a, uh, you know, there was one point toward the end of the season or even the playoffs. I think it was when we were humming along in the playoffs. You were like, he's coming here. I don't care. Like almost like as a matter of fact. And I think everybody, uh, from my perspective, everybody almost believed it as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And then it, I would say two or three days ago, it went to everybody was super pessimistic, pessimistic, like there was no chance at all. And then with one <laughs> stupid uh, Ben Simmons Instagram uh, post. We're back. Everybody was sort of like back, but not fully back, but partially back. Do you think there's any chance at all that LeBron James ends up in Philadelphia? Yes. What do you think that chance is? Uh, well, it seems at this point 
like we're one of the three, right? It's either Cavs, Lakers, or the Sixers. And part of me still thinks he just doesn't want to go to the West because it's the easiest path here. And we know he hates Dan Gilbert and the Cavs don't have much to work with to get another guy that will make them contend. So we put those things together. I still think it's a decent chance. Uh, Give me a percent. I'll 23? Say, oh, 20. Yeah, 20. Okay. Uh, I think it's like five. Okay. Um, but I've been, you know, I've repeated over and over the LA thing now for a year. So, yeah. you know, there's. Uh, I agree with you on Cleveland. Like, I don't, the interesting thing is, I, I don't think there's any chance he goes back to, <clears throat> to Cleveland unless that big surprise is Paul George and Kawhi ending up somewhere else and it just throws a wrench in everything. And I, I don't know, but I don't think there's any chance he goes, or I think there's a relatively low chance he goes back to Cleveland. But I think I have Cleveland and Philly at both like 5% each and uh, LA at 90%. Um, but I, I want to talk about like one thing specifically that I thought the reaction to was interesting. Um, you know, Brian Windhorst uh, said that you know, most most of the the in the know guys, the real in the know guys from uh, Windhorst and Stein and Woj, have all had Philly as there, but not a serious threat, right. or, or not a not not like Cleveland or L.A. But wasn't that the case and, with Miami also back in the day? Well, I, I feel like it was a different time. Sure, you know, like I think there were people saying Miami, but we well, I mean, Stephen A. Smith said Miami, as I was reminded on Twitter this week, and. Um, I think someone else, and there were a lot of signs, I think, in the Miami thing. We just weren't paying attention like we normally were, um, like we are now. But Windhorst said on ESPN that, like, look, there is a fit issue with Embiid. And if Embiid, I think his quote was, if Embiid wants to go stand on in the corner like Chris Bosh did, and they had a conversation, maybe it becomes more realistic. And everybody in Philadelphia scoffed at the fit issue thing. And I I want to get your perspective on it. The fit issue for me is not the reason, even though I have my own reasons, I don't want them to sign LeBron James. The fit issue is not the reason that the Sixers don't sign LeBron because LeBron's LeBron, but it is the reason that LeBron looks at this and goes, wow, that's a lot to figure out in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like um, specifically because is Embiid capable of shooting threes? Yes, but he was second in the league in post-ups last year and in post-ups per game. And when you look at the history, like everyone talks about LeBron wanting to play off the ball. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like LeBron's not being turning into Trevor Ariza and standing there while everyone else does work and shoots corner threes. Um, you know, might he not control every possession like normally? Maybe, but you get him to be LeBron. So in his history, he has never played with like a, a, dominant post-up big man successfully and the only time that he had one was Bosch and they changed how Bosch played as well he's never played with a point guard successfully that can't shoot and that's what they have here Mm -hmm. and uh, like if I'm LeBron I look at I look at this and think you know maybe in four years or maybe four years ago but right now when his real window is the next three years um you look at the time they would have to figure it out, and it just seems like um, it's second in terms of narrative to me, in terms of the Lakers. And it is 
while while there's talent, like the fit does not allow him to win right away if that was his goal. So I it just seems like it it would take a lot of other things to fall apart for him to end up here. That that's sort of how I'm um where I'm at on it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I am not in like a I don't have a handle on it, mostly because we've never been in a Sixers free agency mode. I mean, the last free agent, last big time free agent they signed to big money was Elton Brand, and now he's in the Sixers front office. So it's been a while. Yeah, uh, right. And I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. I I go back and forth about everybody. I don't think Paul George is coming here. I think that no. there's a better chance of LeBron coming here than Paul George. Uh, and I think it'll end up having to be some kind of trade. But it'll be tough because how much do you want to trade? How much is it worth it? Do you, right. if you, I mean, the Miami 2021 is moving in any trade. Um, but what else? You know, is it, Do you sacrifice faults? Which of Covington or Dario do you sacrifice? Jonah Bolden is untradeable. Um and at what point, you know, teams teams are, you know, you look at, are, are the Wizards going to be willing to trade Brad Beal? Probably not. Uh, no, yeah. Or is I Portland ready to, ready to rebuild, kind of, or restructure? Um, I don't buy that Clay. You've been saying that you think Clay is going to go, but I, I never, it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that wants to go. From there. Well, it seems to me that it'll be Clay or, but but the other the other wrench in the Warriors thing is Durant. You know, is is he even on? He's probably on the Warriors this year. Uh, he's on the Warriors this year, but next year, next year, like I'm not so sure. So I think one of those guys won't be on the Warriors next year, whether it's Draymond or or Clay or Durant. I think somebody mm-hmm. isn't there. I just don't know who it is next year. Uh, not this, not this coming year. Okay. The following year, okay, okay. nineteen twenty, nineteen twenty. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I we'll talk about it with with AU, but the idea of just not getting anybody and being like, all right, well, we got a first a first healthy off season for Simmons and Embiid. We got hopefully Fultz. Um, we got a new like ridiculously athletic defender in Zaire. Uh, there's continuity. Some of the first continuity in the past decade. For this team, um, so why not? Why not just be like I, I? I still would be, I would be precious rather than desperate. Um, I agree. I agree. I, but you, well, I, I don't want to say it too much because we're going to talk about it with Unterberger. Um But yeah, I, I wonder what the I wonder what the um, what the hall will be because I I don't think that a lot of these teams are going to want to move on from guys. I mean. It's hard to imagine the calculus that goes into like Minnesota deciding it's time to move on from Towns. It's like that's your franchise right. player. I mean, like McCollum, franchise player to some extent. Uh, Brad Beal, right there. It's like those kinds of guys don't move that often. The Sixers, the position of need that the Sixers uh, are going for, which is like hopefully a two-way wing who can get their own, is the most valuable thing in the NBA right now. So if they're going to get it, they're going to have to pay a pretty steep price for it. And I found that nobody on Sixers Twitter wants to pay that price. No, they absolutely do not. Um, there's two things I, I, I want to do with you. I want to talk about Kawhi, and I also have a list of all the free agents. And I, I just, what I want to do is go through the list, not all of them, but, but 
some interesting for one way or another and and sort of ask you at if we're if we can agree on whatever the market price is would you add this person to the sixers on what we think the market price is i see stoskis on this list he is on the list uh but before we do that i want to talk about uh one of our newest sponsors and that is the colony meadery in allentown mead now uh mead now not meat uh, even though it goes well with mead, but it is mead. And what is mead, you ask? Well, are you sick? Here's what, what I would say. Like everybody, you get your drink, and then when you go out, you drink that drink, right? And you get sick of it. And my, my wife even said to me while we were on vacation, she was like, oh, I'm sick of drinking what I always drink. That's where mead comes in. So <laughs> mead is a gluten-free um, they can't even, it's illegal for them to put gluten in the alcohol. I want to be clear about that. It's a gluten-free booze and is made from honey. And it is like, um, it's in the cider universe. Uh, there is some like wine elements to it. Um, but, uh, the, the guys at Colony Meadery, Greg at Colony Meadery, they fucking love this stuff and they're obsessed with it. And I, I want to tell you, Mike, last night, my wife goes to bed at like 10. I, I'm not tired. I stay up. I'm watching Step Brothers. I grab the, uh, the lemonade mead, one of the, uh, mm-hmm. the sparkling meads. Yeah, like, I there's have, two kinds. I, I had that one. Yeah, the, uh, I think it's, it, Lemon Laws is what it's called. Um, it's like, uh, it's not too, it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. Mm-hmm. It's not like, uh, and uh, it was a good drink. And it, uh, it made me a little tired, which is what I needed. I ended up going to bed. But uh, they have a bunch of different flavors like that that's a mead that's like five percent alcohol comes in a can um and then there's the like the they're they're like trademark meads or whatever that come in the bottle right. that are like 10 to 13 percent alcohol um it's good stuff it's, man. Ve- it's very tasty it's a nice easy yeah. it's a nice easy drink uh it's, it's a good mix it up i had uh, i'm looking forward to the honor arnold palmer that i'm gonna have tonight yes yeah um, that's a good mead it's tasty it's a it's a nice smooth uh, buzz out of it. That, that's what I yeah. would say. I agree. And they are uh, trusters of the process. Greg is a big listener. They're from around the area. They're in Allentown. You can do tours of the meadery and tastings, and you can order at uh, colonymeadery.com. And remember, the tap room is, I think they have two locations up there in Allentown. You can find it in the Philadelphia area in the suburbs, every Wegmans in Eastern PA, uh, Beer Love, Bella Vista, Bottle Bar East, Local 41. Um, or you can just order online at colonymeadery.com and use code Ricky. Use code Ricky for $5 off your order. You must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. Mead. 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 Uh, what better way to report- spend your summer? Wait, what better way to spend your summer than cracking open a can of flavored mead and watching the Sixers Summer League team? I can't oh, think come of anything. On. Yeah, and you'll be at Summer League representing WIP and the Ricky. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll have that coming up, uh, like, next week. So, um, Kawhi, before we get to the free agent list. Yeah. So, it hasn't moved much. I mean, it really, to me, uh, you know, I, I had mentioned I thought it was just a standoff uh, between the Spurs and the Lakers, and most of what is being reported publicly is to pressure the Lakers. I got to tell you, I hate the Lakers and their fans, but I do— if this succeeds, I do respect the uh, like big balls swag version of Magic Johnson and um, Rob Palenka. Like, if we thought Brian Colangelo was like Mister Agent Relationship, like 
gonna get him there with smooth talking and and like the Lakers do this, like Rob Palinka ends up being what Brian Colangelo sort of purported himself to be. I just um I think he ends up on the Lakers. Um but there was also a report that from Jake Fisher of SI, former Liberty Ballers, that they have not the Sixers have not put Fultz in any offer for Kawhi Leonard. Where, where are your feelings on the Kawhi Great. thing? I'm well. I'm happy about the Fultz thing. Thrilled about it. I don't want to any, any. I've been saying this whole time. Any any Fultz trade at this point would be selling so incredibly low on him that you just can't do it. You just can't. He is. If things work out, he is the perfect combination to a Simmons and Embiid uh, lineup. Simmons, Embiid, Fultz, and a bunch of, a couple two-way wings, and that's, you know, that's exactly the team that can compete for a title. And so... You, I agree. You I agree in that it's... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, no, go no, ahead. Go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. I, I agree in that it is selling low. I am, I am hopeful, but not optimistic that he ends up being what we think, but... I agree in that, like, if you're just going to sell it for, you know, if if he's just a sweetener in a deal, if he's not something right. that gets a superstar deal done, like, what's the point? Might as well see if it works out. Yeah. But, um, but I'm less optimistic about that than you are, I think. Yeah. Well, they, in the, so on um, the open floor, open, open floor podcast, yes. Andrew Sharp, yep. Ben Golliver, they talked about this and, uh, the deal I think that they were talking about was Covington, Dario, and the Miami first. And they were wondering why Fultz wasn't included in the deal. And Ben was talking about specifically how Covington and Dario are just guys that they wouldn't miss that don't really move the needle. And I unsubscribed to the podcast. I turned it off and I unsubscribed to the podcast right away. First team all defense doesn't just a guy. Dario's second guy. year in the league, are almost a 50, 40, 90 player. Just a guy. Get the fuck out of here. I'm out. I'm out. Fully out. Golliver's banned. What? What? Golliver's banned? Banned. Wow. Wow. Well, I think, I think, uh, Golliver pretends to be Zach Lowe, but he's actually Golliver. So I will, um, I'm agreeing with you on that. I, I second the ban. Uh, I'm not just going along with it because you said it, which I would have to do anyway, but uh, I agree. I also ban Ben Golliver. Wow. Banned. Double ban. Banned. Yep. Um, but yeah, for the Kawhi thing, I, I don't know. I There's, it, it's still, I have so many question marks. On him because of how, like, does he want to play? Has he not played? This is just a weird thing. Does he only want to go to L.A.? How much do you trade for a guy that doesn't want to be here? I do think, I definitely buy into the sense of he'd be willing to maybe take a deal, so let's see what we can get for him. But uh, I just think if you're the Sixers, and this is what we'll talk about with Hunterberger, but they're so close now that there's just their, their risk level just doesn't need to be that high. So I, I just wouldn't like when when you're bad when the Sixers were bad, they take take risks all day, all of them. Let's let's go for this guy. Let's go for this guy because what's the worst that could happen? They're bad anyway. But now they're good. They won 52 games last year in their first season with Simmons and Embiid together, and that will improve. 
Fultz will get there and guys will want to come here. I just don't think that you need to move major pieces or like deplete your bench, which is what Kevin O'Connor suggested. Um, who was also banned? Just to get a guy who might not, you know, I, I I saw the rationale of the of the Kawhi LeBron thing, and like that'd be obviously ridiculous, and you could get your Zaza Pachulias and Sean Livingston's to just come in and be minimum guys, but I I just don't think that as cool as that would be and as ridiculous as that would be, there's a there's a world between uh, gutting the team except for Simmons and Embiid and being a ridiculous homer and not being willing to trade Jonah Bolden. And I think that that's where we have to live, which is make moves if it helps the short and the long term, um, but make sure it's the right one and hold your chips until that presents itself, uh, which is what, as frustrating as it is to say, which is what Danny Ainge did and, uh, and continues to do. I just don't think that there's... I really don't find that there's as much of a rush as maybe some people seem to think. Uh, yeah, I, um, you know, the, I always <clears throat> think about this, like, you know, I, I, I haven't played poker, like Hold'em, a lot of times in my life. But, um, but when I've played, I've noticed that the reason that I'm not good at it is that the guys that are good will just fucking sit there and fold and fold and fold and fold and just wait for the right hand and like and play it when the hand is there. So like rushing it, um, there's a chance that you could play the wrong hand and win, right? That happens in the NBA all the time. Guys make trades that probably aren't the right move, but it ends up working out and and they're fine. Like, you know, Cleveland made a lot of bad moves uh, in between LeBron eras, but it worked out for them. I mean, even um, that even that Indiana Oladipo trade, like that worked out, yes. but nobody thought that that was right. Right, right. Like sometimes it just works. Um, but uh, I agree in that you you can't just play your hand when um, because you think it's time to play your hand. The difference between poker and basketball obviously is that players get older guys run out of contracts so there is a, a time limit so you you have to um you have to measure both of those and um but i agree with you in that they i think they need to make smart moves to move the franchise forward this offseason but i do not think that that means they have to panic and make a trade that they don't believe in or they don't think is great value um so i agree with you um you want to do some of these free agents before uh, before we get to AU? I have this long list of free agents. Sure. And what what I, basically what I want what I want you to do is is tell me. Um, and we'll quickly. I want to go. We have a lot of them, so I want to go through them. We'll quickly agree on about what the value is, and you would tell me whether you want them on the Sixers for that value. Yeah. Um, and and just to add to before we yeah. go into this, the concern of uh, there's there being no GM. And Brett Brown coming from a place of he's the coach and he wants guys. He has said on numerous occasions that while it's admirable and maybe even he would use the word cute, that Sixers fans want to keep building this thing organically. He's said on numerous times, that's not going to happen. We need another high level player to, to get where we want to get, which I agree with, but if he does strike out on 
LeBron, Paul George, and Kawhi, I worry that there's something something else happens that we you know he's not in a position to necessarily be patient. I I, I loved I loved the Zaire McHale trade, but I don't think that that 2021 pick is really a ton of evidence of him being patient. I think that's a he wants to move that pick for a superstar now. So as much as he got credit yeah. for, and we gave him credit for, like that that like long view trade, I think the long view really only extended a couple weeks into when he wants to make a superstar trade with that twenty twenty yeah, one included. I don't think that was a long view trade. Like I think that was a a little bit it was, but I think it was mostly a um, a right now trade. Yeah. I think it was we need we need more in our arsenal to make a trade, and that will help us. Yeah. Like and you know it doesn't expire. Well, it expires in twenty twenty one, obviously, but it is you know it's uh, it's an asset. You know we talk about assets all the time. So and I again, and again, that pick will be valuable, more valuable, the longer we wait. So if it doesn't, if the trade doesn't present itself this summer. That pick is still there next year or at the trade deadline, uh, and it's a close because it's only then it'll only be two years away. People start to imagine like get even more excited about it. Twenty twenty one feels like a long way away now, unless unless they Miami winds up with Kevin Durant. Do you think that's possible? I think anything's possible. Sure. I I don't think it's a you know when I look at um, NBA free agent destinations that that's the the problem with with relying so much on the free agent game rather than trades or draft is that I just think there's a really finite number of places that players really want to go if they have the opportunity. And I think Miami is one of those places. So I think they're always a threat to do that. They, in the last 20 years, they've finished with less than 37 wins, I think one time. So, um, you know, they're, they're not, they're not a team that's really bad very often and they are i think always i, th- I think they're always a threat that's so fair. i don't i don't think it's you know definite that's fair um all right free agents um jj reddick i'm gonna set the values jj reddick at three years 42 million dollars what am i what am i responding to you're saying what i want him on the sixers at so jj reddick three years 42 million uh yeah yeah, I think good for the culture. I think him running around screens was huge. I know he wants to be here. Um, I think that is that is the rest of his useful prime. And uh, and hopefully that is enough time where they can, whether it's groom Shamit to be that guy or Korkmaz or something like that, and get a and get the next version of that. Uh, locked and loaded. So I, I would say, I would say, yeah, I don't think they're going to get a free agent. So I would say that that Reddick is okay. that they, it's, it ends up being a trade. So they'll have room to give to Reddick. Amir Johnson, one year, four million dollars. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to skip LeBron and Paul George because we already talked about him. Marcus Smart, three years, thirty-six million dollars. No. Okay. Shane Larkin. Uh, two years, $12 million. No. Nick Stauskas, one year minimum. Hmm. Hmm. How about this? Nick Stauskas, three years, $9 million. I mean, you're tugging at me here. 
I would There's I do it? Would, would I bring Stauskas back? Sure. But I I don't think he's going to come back now. Uh, Zach Levine restricted max. No, not Whatever a chance. Okay. Rodney Hood, three years, thirty million dollars. Mm. I would say no. Yeah, I think he stinks. Um, I still Jeff like Green. I still like the package there. I think Rodney Hood becomes something, but that's a. I, I don't feel like I have enough information to go with that. My tea leaves information is if Utah doesn't want a potential three and D wing, yeah, then that's fair. I don't I don't want to be there. That's fair. Um, oh, by the way, another tea leaves theory I came up with, just to jump back to Kawhi for a second, is people uh, are are talking about the Monty Williams Brett Brown thing as a reason that. Uh, they're more likely to get Kawhi. Mm -hmm. But I also think it could be a reason that they're more likely not to get Kawhi. Um, if, if, like, if you think about what Greg Popovich has gone through with Kawhi over the last year, and they, two years, and they, like, they have a good relationship. I just, you know, it, it makes me question whether they would have the in, like they would have the intel to make that decision. I guess I don't think it makes it any more likely that Popovich trades them to Philadelphia, but I do think it it makes it more likely that the Sixers are less inclined to to uh, to trade for Kawhi Leonard, given what Popovich has been through. That's fair. Yeah, I don't think it. I think it might make them a little more likely to to want to take the risk and maybe slightly overpay. Um, Jeff Green, one year, seven million dollars. No. Okay. No. Seth Curry, <laughs> Seth Curry, three years, fifteen million dollars. I would say if they, I don't think in 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 uh in tandem with Reddick, but if that if they deem Reddick too expensive, I think that could be a fine backup situation. Um, you know what? The next one is a former Sixer. But before we talk about that former Sixer, let's talk about our longtime original sponsor of the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. That is L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Mike, 86 Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings wow. from L.L. Pavorsky. But, Mike, there are two times of the year where L.L. is, is the most special. And the first time is around Christmas time because we have the L.L. Pavorsky holiday party. But, Mike— we're coming up on the other big time for LL. He's on, he's, on he's on vacation now, isn't he? Well, he's on vacation the 4th through the 16th. They're going to the Grand Canyon, but also going to Summer League. Summer League, yeah. I'm going to miss him, sadly. We're not overlapping. But when he comes back July 18th through August 15th, it is the LL Pavorsky Summer Cabana Sale. That's right. The biggest sale in jewelry in Philadelphia from the best guy, LL. The best jewelry from the best guy. Answering, at the, best answering the door, just yep. his underwear, his beach underwear on, cabana style. And a lay. And a lay, nothing else. <laughs> you don't want him touching the jewelry when he's that poorly clothed, but he's going to nope. do it anyway because it's yep. the summer cabana sale. A beautiful select group of fine jewelry will be on sale 33% off to 75% off. He says, sorry, not 91% off. But I am actually saying this without L.L. Pavorsky's permission. I am saying that there will be one item 
at LL Pavorsky that is 91% off. It's any item that LL chooses. Um, I won't say what it is, but there will be one item. Wow. And there might even be a couple of engagement rings in there in the sale. Check the LL Pavorsky website, that is LLPavorsky.com, the Facebook page, and his Twitter, which is at LL Pavorsky, for the first look of what's going to be on sale. This stuff goes quick. Um, LL Pavorsky's got to get it out of there so he can get his new inventory in there. If you see something you like, do not sleep. Um, he's the greatest. We love him. And for every podcast, L.L. Pavorsky makes generous donations to the Providence Animal Center in Media and Coded by Kids. Uh, oh, by the way, L.L.'s phone number, 215-627-2252. Um, L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Always a max level free agent, but for a reasonable price. There you go. All right. Former Sixer. Free agent. Nerland's Noel. Wow. He is going to sign a two-year deal at $16 million. There's no way he gets that. There's no way he gets that. I don't know. That's what you have to pay. I don't I, – like, there's a chance that he gets nothing. He is so <laughs> – the league is so down on him. It's insane. Did you see that video of Nerland shooting threes? No. There's a Where video of Nerland shooting threes uh, from, from the Spencer Hawes area from Dead Center. And really? It is the jankiest release I've ever seen. His guide hand is saluting in a weird way. I've never seen anyone shoot like that. It, it looks awful. And, it go, and a, a couple of them went in, but it's like, that's not, we're not, uh, there's no way he takes those in game ever. Ever. It's an awful, awful looking release. But He's a clutch guy, so he'll get a deal somewhere, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, someone will give him like one year, five million. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know. He's got to look around at his career and be like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm so much better than this. I would have been the number one overall pick had I not torn my ACL. Why am I now in, you know, have I shit on, shit the bed in multiple places? And it's like, I don't know. No one has to grow up. I, I want him. I want him to be good. He's certainly incredibly talented. He had one of the best defensive rookie seasons ever. But... Man, he has not been good since. Uh, so I don't know. Also, I, as much as Colangelo didn't like him, it probably wasn't just Colangelo, and it probably wasn't. Probably Nerlens had some of those feelings also, so I, I doubt he comes back here. Yeah, I would agree with you. And the final, let's do two more before we get to Underberger. Uh, and, and then after Underberger, I, I want to just quickly give you the rest of the list uh let's say will barton three years 36 um no i'd i'd rather have i'd rather have reddick i think just because i mean will seems like a good dude everybody likes him but why not just keep have the guy that got us here and uh javale mcgee one year four million dollars no yeah, I don't think they have the culture for it yet. Yeah, you know, I don't think they're not good enough yet. They're they're certainly not the Warriors. Yeah, uh, let's call Underberger. Let's call Underberger. Let's get Andrew Underberger. Let's see, yes, Andrew Underberger on the line of if not pick will convey as two second rounders. Andrew Underberger always brought to you by Kinetic Skate Shop in Wilmington, Delaware, and online at kineticskate.com. Not just skateboards. 
They sell clothes, a ton of sneakers. I was looking at a bunch of vans. They had some special release skateboard Nikes this week. Uh, hard to find vans, Nike, Adidas, and Chucks. Locally owned, process trusters, good people. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver, all one word. That is kineticskate.com. Big article for you on rightsrickysanchez.com this week, Underberger. I think you're your most popular one so far. Yeah, much to my surprise, I, as I said to you earlier, I think uh, I was under the impression that this was going to be my most divisive, my most kind of like hot takey received sort of article, but it seems to have struck a chord with some people. Andrew's piece was basically about that if the Sixers essentially do nothing this summer, um, you know, you said that was okay, and it was almost as if you were leaning toward preferring that. Well, I, I don't know if I prefer it to, like, you know, getting Paul George on a reasonable deal in free agency, or, you know, Max deal, I guess that's the only reasonable deal available. But uh, it seems like that's probably not going to happen. It seems like LeBron's probably not going to happen. It seems like what is going to happen, or at least what, what, what they're going to try to make happen, is the, uh, the trade for Kawhi Leonard, which, you know, obviously Kawhi Leonard's a great player, uh, would be great on the Sixers. You know, there, there's no real argument against him being on the team. It's just that it comes with a lot of risk, uh, as I'm sure you guys have gone over plenty on this podcast, that, you know, uh, he could leave in one year and we don't know about his health. And there's all sorts of other weird lingering questions from his nine game season in San Antonio last year. Uh, and I still think it's worth a risk. I just don't know how much risk it's worth. You know, it seems like there's about five really kind of prime Sixers assets in play for this trade. And that's the, you know, it's Covington, Sharich, Fultz. Zaire and the 2021 first for Miami and those are five really great assets and I'm okay with maybe including up to three in a deal for Kawhi but beyond that I, I think and it maybe it depends on which three a little bit but including four or even including all five of those it seems like something that the Sixers are at least considering doing and that seems like a bridge too far for me yeah I don't know that all five all five seems crazy for a guy that's on a one-year deal that they really have no leverage in trading um I don't know I have yeah, I don't think that they're I, – I think like, you know, how much of a bidding war is real? How much of a bidding war is the Spurs trying to make the Lakers offer go up and what the Celtics are offering, you know? Yeah, and it, it's hard to know like which which of the like kind of warring reports about how invested the Sixers are in actually getting Kawhi to believe, uh, you know, the people who say that they're very interested have me a little worried, and, and I am, I'm a little worried just in general that there's still kind of the perception that we need to get somebody this offseason. That's, that's, you know, that's mostly what I wrote about is that we, we don't really need to get somebody this offseason. I mean, if we do and it's somebody like Kawhi, that's awesome, uh, but we don't need, you know, we don't need the DeMar DeRozan. We don't necessarily need even Kyle Lowry or, or, or any, uh, like, there's no reason why we need a home run move this offseason. It, it's the team's in such a good place right now with their players and their assets and their their, their timeline. And, you know, there, there is a slight risk of, you know, what happens when, you know, the Ben Simmons extension kicks in. We have to start paying some of our other guys. Maybe it gets a little bit harder to add one of these types of players. But I, I think what we've seen from the NBA in the last you know, couple of years is that there, there are always going to be guys who force their way into a situation like this. There's always going to be a Kawhi Leonard or a Jimmy Butler or a Paul George who says that, you know, that I – I'm too good for my situation as currently stands, basically. And and eventually they'll, they'll be the right person for the Sixers to come along and grab. And that's what the Celtics did. They, they sort of waited out the perfect situation with first with Gordon Hayward and then with Kyrie Irving. And even though they got a lot of shit at the time for not you know making a swing on a guy like Butler or George, they've sort of been vindicated in the process. And now they have both this amazing kind of 
varsity squad and, a, and like an equally impressive JV squad coming up behind them because they didn't waste their assets before they absolutely had to. If the, I, if, I this, wanna, I wanna, oh, wait, if the Sixers ahead. don't um, if the Sixers don't get any of the big time free agents and they decide to give one year deals to Redick and Amir again, maybe maybe a two year deal to to JJ, and then add somebody like a. Ariza or KCP or maybe even like a Joe Harris type as a um, on a mid medium medium sized contract, but not obviously given them all their cap space. What? How many wins does that team get next year? And is that does that team with a you know say Fultz is back to backish? Is that is that team able to contend with the other teams in the East? I, mean, I think the answer is yes, but I sort of read about this too, but it's almost impossible to gauge exactly how good this team is right now. I mean, are they the team that won 16 games at the end of last right. year or are they the team that struggled to to get to the 36 and 30 record before that? Uh, I think it's probably a little bit more of an indicator that, that you know, they're, they're trending so far up towards the end. And obviously, you know, the, the first round series against Miami was pretty decisive. And it, it seems to me like, you know, yeah, the core is there already. And, and one of those kind of complementary type pieces if they get somebody that that sort of slots in very naturally and just kind of you know augments what's already there, yeah, the, the, there's no reason to be why they can't win 55 games next year. If 60 is possible, contending is possible. But it also wouldn't shock me if uh, you know if they won 45 to 48. It, it, it's 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 hard to hard to know exactly where we're at this team right now. What do you what, what do you I think, just, Spike? How many well, how many games does that team well, win? Well, but but what if what if faults like isn't faulty at all? I won't you accept know, that. Like, <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I think, um, there was some, you know, guys will get better. It's God. It's so hard to predict. Uh, so much depends on what Simmons does in the off season, um, and so much depends on their ability to have another shot creator and shot maker. And I think if Ben Simmons, like, is in the same sort of shooting, uh, position that he is right now. And and they don't add another shot maker, shot creator like the the, the idea of faults. Then I think they will win fewer games than they won last year. Um, now I don't think that means it's a failure. I I, I don't think you know a forty six win or a forty eight win. You, you know if we're not adding adding if if we're saying we're okay with um, not changing anything this off season. You know the the hinky line of that that progress is not always. Um, uh, What's it called? Um, linear. Linear. Um, they don't have to go from fifty-two to fifty-five next year. You know, like that—that that isn't like just a suggested thing. Uh, Redick is a year older. You know, um, uh, I don't know. I would guess if they don't add anything major, I think Ariza is a pretty good addition. But if they don't add anything major, and we meet in the middle on faults, we say that he plays, but he's still a rookie who um who doesn't add to a lot of wins i would say 46 or 47 something wow like now, I, I feel like as, as long as they have like any mod- modicum of shooting around simmons and Embiid, i don't even know if they necessarily need faults in the regular season i i think what we kind of uh, saw at the end of last year is that this, this team can be really dominant against like middling to subpar competition i i, I think that they can win 55 games just kind of keeping the status quo i i, I really don't see a a way in which a, 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 like a season with Embiid and Simmons leading the way and not missing, you know, 20, 30 games each of injury. 
it's 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 hard to believe it's hard for me to believe that they, they can't at least get to 50. I, I think uh, yeah I want, I want well, to amend my earlier statement a little bit I, I think I, I think there's too much already in place and I, I think that the core is too strong and I, I think that they, they can just kind of impose their will on other teams and especially there's going to be a lot of me- mediocre to shitty teams in the east this year I, I, I think it's I think 50 wins is, is, is almost a reasonable baseline at this point. That's why it's it's so weird well, but, that the Sixers have, like, to to sort of wrap your mind around what the team's going to be um, and what what it projects to and what they need because there's so many variables. Like, Embiid's health, Simmons' jump shot, mm-hmm. Fultz's jump shot, um, what, what they get out of any of the bench shooters, if any of the bench wings, like, step up. That, that all of a sudden mitigates a lot of the need for to give money to like a Trevor Reza or KCP or Joe Harris, whatever. Um, so it's it's sort of strange, and obviously the Sixers have a better handle on this than we do. But I, it all it always keeps coming back to me of like you just don't have to go for it all now. You know, I just don't I I don't see the need um, to you know push all the chips in. And and if and to me it's like if a guy like if you if you think Aaron Gordon would be a huge help and you believe in his jump shot and you decide you want to max him out and dare Orlando to uh match which they probably will um then that's interesting but I look around and I I, I it seems it seems like I agree that 50 wins is the baseline if Fultz becomes Fultz again if Simmons has a jumper if Embiid stays like you know, 70, 70 to seventy-five games healthy, um, then I I think it could be well, way higher. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I, I, and, and Bede has never been 70, 75 games healthy though. Not one time ever. Well, yeah, so, but this, this was his first full season, just now. Well, yeah, but that's the point, <laughs> right? I mean, it was his first full season, and he, what did he play? Sixty-two or something like that. I'm just saying. Right. I hope he plays 75 games, but uh, I also actually hope he plays 70 games and takes off some back-to-backs Definitely. and doesn't play 42 minutes. But, um, you know, that's that's pretty optimistic. I, I hope it's true, yeah. but I think it's optimistic. That's why too. I think 50 is the, is the, like, safe bet almost because there's so many variables that can go up or down. If MB does play 55 games, then, I mean, they've proved last year that they can win without him. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think that. I mean, I think. Yeah, who knows? Who the fuck knows about health? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not a doctor. Uh, and the, the last thing I wanted to—I don't even know if it's a discussion point—but you talked about leverage. You know, part of the leverage too, though, is not getting the guy. Like that's, you know, the, um, they might the, the Spurs might not have leverage in that Kawhi Leonard wants to get out of there. But he also, they also have leverage in that they have Kawhi Leonard, and there are very few Kawhi Leonards. So that creates, a, I think, an ins- a sort of inherent leverage that, you know, when the Knicks traded Carmelo to the Nuggets, um, or when, when they traded, I'm sorry, when the Nuggets traded Carmelo to the Knicks, like the only team he could go to was the Knicks, and they still got a pretty good package in back because the Knicks just wanted Carmelo. So I, I think um, I think there is some leverage to the fact that there are very few of that guy, guy guys that level of that guy. This is sort of like a cons- almost conspiracy theory-ish, but I'm curious for your guys' take on this. Do you think 
that Greg Popovich actively wants to trade Kawhi Leonard to Brett Brown if he has to trade him somewhere? No. You don't think he cares? No. No. I, I, I think he wants to get the best deal, but I think he probably fucking can't stand Kawhi Leonard at this point. So why, <laughs> if, he has a, if he has a good relationship with Brett Brown, you just had a guy either have a mysterious injury that kept him out a full year, or the guy stayed out just because he didn't want to be there any longer, just because he wanted to go to L.A. for a whole year. Like, what... It, it's almost like if if you're dating someone who is a fucking nightmare and your best friend wants to date that person, you would probably warn them, hey, she's a fucking nightmare or he's a nightmare. <laughs> and, and you would be like, well, you know, he did say it was, now if that person's really attractive, maybe you'd go for it anyway. But I, I, I don't think Brett Brown is like, let me help my good buddy uh, or Popovich is let me help my good buddy Brett Brown and send him this player who fucked me and is fucking my entire franchise in the end of my career. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, maybe it's just the romantic in me, but I, I want to believe yeah. that at least, like, if he has to trade him somewhere, he'd much rather trade him to Brett than to the, the Celtics or to the Lakers, I think. And, that, and that's why I sort of wondered that uh, when they, they did the, the draft night trade uh, for Zaire Smith in the future first. I, I almost wondered if they had had kind of preliminary discussions about it and Pop said to Brett, uh, look, I, you know, I'd rather trade him to you guys than to anywhere else, but you guys just don't have enough stuff right now, so go get more. And that's why they did that deal. That's probably not true, but uh, I, I sort of like the way it you know, kind, of, kind of reads narratively. Maybe if all things are equal, maybe that's the mm-hmm. case. Um, last thing, AU. Um, we've, uh, we've been talking about July 10th is the five-year anniversary of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. You, n- not just part of the team now, but we're a— uh, like a pretty loyal uh, listener leading up to it. We've been looking for ideas of like how to celebrate. Do you have any ideas? Do you have any off the top of your head? I, I had one idea like that. I can't remember. I think I came up with it a while ago as sort of uh, like, a, like a grand project for the off season, but it probably couldn't be done in time for the five year anniversary. But, you know, we, we always talk about, uh, you know, a podcast where we kind of tell the story of the process. And I was thinking of doing like a, you know, if we could somehow write like, like a, like you know, uh, tell the story of the process in in ten short vignettes that uh, we in, we like enact ourselves, uh, kind of <laughs> like 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 going over the big moments of the process. Like one would be, you know, reenacting the Andrew Bynum press conference, and then one would be uh, you know Sam Hinkie driving Evan Turner to the airport in the the trade deadline two thousand fourteen. <laughs> You know, ten scenes like that, and uh, you know, basically like the, the you know trust the process, the play almost. Oh my goodness! That sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like a lot of work. Yep. I, yep. I, you we know, can talk about our favorite. Mike, Mike's, 10 day Mike's got connections in the entertainment industry. I'm, I'm sure you can. You know, yeah. Get people to put it together in time. I'll I'll write the Darius Johnson Odom area, but that's it. Sounds good. <laughs> um, all of your stuff has been great so far. You have been a fantastic addition to the website. You can read all of AU's posts in the if not. Pick will convey as two second rounders section at rightsrickysanchez.com, and you can follow him at one of the worst Twitter handles uh, of anybody of any meaning. <laughs> Easily. That is at, at AU Get Off My Gold. Um, have a good rest of your Saturday, buddy. Uh, thank you, Sarah. I just wanted to say that I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, the midnight free agency. I'm going to be very, very drunk tonight. It is sort of my birthday celebration. Oh, and I, I look, oh shit. I look, I look forward to. Uh, it was not actually my birthday today. It was my birthday last Saturday, but I, I was at a family wedding, so I couldn't celebrate until uh, till today. But I, I look forward to like the Sunday morning haze of like, oh, did that player actually sign with the Pistons for four years and fifty five million dollars, or did I just imagine? That's that? right. 
Yeah. It's me too, buddy. Should Very much looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Um, that is Andrew Underberger. What a good, what a good guy. Um, can I give you the rest of these guys? Can sure. we run through them? Do you yeah. Have time? All right. Uh, Nick Young at <laughs> two years, eight million. No. Gerald Green, one year, one point seven million. Oh, easily, yes. Gerald yeah, Green and Zaire Smith, all day. Yep, yep. Oh boy, that's a bad sign. I still believe in Gerald Green's upside, but uh, boy, time is running out. I still do. Trevor Ariza, same deal as Redick, three years, forty-two million. We talked about this on Twitter a little bit. I um, yeah, yeah. I wonder what is more valuable, a guy that can play both ways, but he's not. He's pretty much a standstill shooter. I mean, in Houston, he definitely uh, shortened his release, and he can get shots off quick because they just move so fast. But I think the gravity of J.J. on offense helps Embiid and Simmons so much. And I'm I'm sort of surprising myself saying this because I'm such a two-way guy. I don't like guys that can't play defense. J.J. competes on defense. He's not he's not a zero. Um I, I do think that I would prefer JJ than Ariza. Make your case for it. I just, I watch the playoffs. I, just, I, um, I think Ariza is, I mean, this math doesn't always work, but Ariza is closer to Redick as a floor spacer than Redick is to Ariza as a defensive help. And um, I, don't, I, I, don't, think I think it's about can... even. I really do. I think it's about even. No, no, no. I, I I mean, or, I watch or, it. Or at least, Reddick okay, could, maybe, Reddick maybe it's not. Anybody. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. it's not even there. But I think the how important JJ is to the Sixers' offense and opening things up for Embiid and Simmons, and then hopefully Fultz, uh, is more important than another Covington-type player that they already have. The need for a JJ is greater than the need for an Ariza. I feel. Uh, that, that's a, f- a fair argument. I, I, I just, we couldn't even stop the Celtics who couldn't score. And I would just, I would just, it, when you, when it gets down to breast, it might not help us more in the regular season, but I think in the playoffs, I, uh, I, w- I think we would end up wishing that we had a reason instead of Reddick. I don't um, know that. I don't both, know that I agree that, that both, because of the Celtics series, like the Celtics obviously just hit a ton of shots. Aaron Baines suddenly was hitting shots. Uh, Horford hit a ton of tough shots. Rozier was hitting everything. Like they, but I think just guarding wings, like uh, guys that can switch onto wings, and Reddick can't. You know, Reddick can barely guard the guys he can guard. Yeah, he was, Reddick was worse on defense than I thought he was going to be. No, he was he about competes. what I thought. I'm not I think he doesn't. Try. I, I think it was a situation of like, look, every team has some one guy, at least, that you get nervous about in front of people. It's Steph for Golden State. It would be Kyrie for Boston if he's healthy. Like, every, there's plenty of, even on great contending teams, they have those guys and they make up for it with their offensive play. And so I don't think the answer is you just can't have anybody that can't, that isn't like a total plus on defense. Um, well, I, so I, I, do I, don't think, know, I don't I don't, like, I don't know that I would read into the Celtics series that much. I think Bellinelli and Reddick for sure. And, right. um, you know, to some extent, TJ, because he, you know, I think he competes for sure. And against point guards, he can confront, but he's just not long enough to, to defend like Jalen Brown types or whatever. 
Well, you know, a guy lower on this list, um, not lower, like also on this list was uh, Wayne Ellington. And like, if you get me like a Wayne Ellington, then I think it sort of mitigates the loss of Reddick to an extent. Like if um, if you can get another guard that is um, is sort of unconscious in terms of their willingness and ability to make threes now Wayne Ellington is not as good a three-pointer as shooter as Redick but he will shoot them and he's good at them so I think I don't know he's not he's uh, also not, Avery, he's not as good a defender Wayne Ellington as as Redick we I mean we but he'll be him. he'll be so yeah. much cheaper but he'll be sure. so much cheaper I for think. sure yeah uh Avery Bradley I'm not I'm not saying that Wayne Ellington is JJ Redick I'm just saying that at a who are you going to be able to get at a low cost to yeah. to fill that uh, Avery Bradley is going to get a lot less money than all of us thought. What, would you take Avery Bradley on a two-year 16? It was probably more than he's going to get, but two-year 16 million. Were it not for the sexual assault charge, I have always liked Avery Bradley's game, but I, I would need to know more information about that case and what went down there before I'm willing to say, like, sure, come on board. Well, it wasn't a charge, right? It was an accusation and a settlement. Like it was a, it wasn't a, a criminal case, right? It was a civil case, wasn't it? There hasn't been nearly as much information on it as I would Got it. prefer. Well, if if it was a criminal case, I think there would be there would be more information on it. But I don't know. Um, I read the same articles that everybody else read. Uh, KCP, curious what his value will be. Um, would you do? I don't. I don't even. I don't even know what what value would you put on KCP. Well, it's interesting. I think he's the kind of guy that, if you if you're saying, you want a like because he's a better shot maker than Ariza, probably not. I would say definitely not quite the defender, but super athletic, fun in the open court. Um, he's got his own like you know he sort of has a reputation of being a knucklehead. Um, I don't know. I think he, I think he's going to get pretty paid. He got one big. He got a similar deal to Reddick this year. Yeah, um, I think it was one twenty. Yeah, and uh, I think I don't know if he earned it. Like, did was, did it go well? Like, did he up his stock? It was weird because he sort of like all the money dried up last summer, and he was sort of just left hanging and took and took a one year deal. My guess would be because of that, he will jump at the first thing and not want to not want to wait wait around for anything next year so i think i think he'll he'll be gone i could see him being like the first him and will barton on on midnight um but he's interesting i i think he'd be a for sure a like a a contingency plan for the sixers um you know it's funny i'm looking at his stats right now his three-point shooting it's amazing how like the smallest difference in a three-point shooting percentage can make you feel different, right? So he shot 35% in 16-17, 38% in 17-18. Obviously, 38% feels much different. Um, but that, and that was the best. 16, and, 17, and that was the best three-point shooting of his career. He had never correct, been over correct. a 35% three-point shooter. But think think of this: in 16-17, he shot 5.8 per game and made two. In 17-18, he shot 5.6 per game and made 2.1. And it's like, 
it feels so much different, yeah. but it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not different at all. I know he's a uh, he seems like a, a good defender yeah. or a, a willing, uh, you know, for I don't sure. Know. Safe player uh, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, he'd be fine. I would I would totally be fine with KCP here. Tyreek Evans, you had mentioned being interested in. Um, I'll, I'll put his value at similar to Barton. Let's say three thirty. Oh, that's too much. I wouldn't do it for that. Yeah, not at all. I wouldn't either. Wayne Ellington, two years, eight million. Yeah, maybe if if they're saying Reddick's too much. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a fine thing. You wouldn't do anything close to a restricted max for Jabari Parker. I assume no, I would no. not. Although the, there was a report yesterday from the Bucks, Gary Wolfel, who said that like the Sixers were one of teams interested and I just I can't imagine yeah. that that's true I just can't Im- I just I can't imagine so. that that'd be true Jabari Parker uh, just like a hard I, I hope not. I couldn't be passing anymore and neither does he yeah I agree oh wow look at that wow. rim shot I feel like we should end on that came to me uh Kylo Kylo Quinn uh I like I think is good I, I think he would be a great backup big here if you're not gonna sign like he's better than Amir is. I don't know that he's better than Amir. I don't know what he's... Is he? I think he is. Well, they, they, loved, they loved how much, how well Amir protected the rim. They loved it. Well, I think Kylo Quinn is... Amir is a one-year thing, and Kylo Quinn is a three-year thing. Sure. I, I, I don't know what he's going to get, though. I don't have any idea. He's certainly angrier than, than Amir, and that's yeah. fun. Yes. But I like Amir. Jeremy Grant. Would you go two years, $16 million on Jeremy Grant? Well, I just think that they're that Jonah Bolden is like that kind of player. You hope that Bolden is the more uh, compact, better dribbling Jeremy Grant, like sort of versatile small ball five that can hit threes and put back dunks and switch on everybody. So I don't know. They just seem kind of derivative to me uh, or redundant. Um, So I would say, Based on the public pressure and uh, protests outside my Twitter handle um, from the Sixers Mafia, I would say that uh, that I will I, I believe in Jonah Bolden and <laughs> I will vote against any Supreme Court justice that is nominated. Um, I don't know what does Mario Hazonia get? Would you take uh, a flyer? Yes, Could, of yeah. course I'd take a flyer. Yeah. Take a but flyer. it's going to be more than a flyer, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, he sort of won. Yeah. He sort of won some fans over, but I think everybody knows he's kind of an immature guy. I'd be interested for sure. I'd be interested. Um, we we had talked about Aaron Gordon. I want to talk about Gordon again um, because okay. I've over the course of this podcast, I've tried to convince myself that signing Aaron Gordon to the max is the right decision to make because you're not getting Paul George. You're probably not getting LeBron. Kawhi's going to cost too much. Um, Ariza might not. You, I mean, you look at Ariza or <clears throat> KCP or Joe Harris as like kind of you know secondary options, but Aaron Gordon is that middle ground between. Uh, you can you can get him. You have the cap space to take him, and he's young enough to to grow with this core, and the three point shot has he's improved. 22. But man, the numbers still don't look good. Um, he's never shot. But that was a mess in Orlando. For sure. I mean, you've watched them. It was definitely a mess. I watched a lot of Orlando. Love watching Orlando. Yeah, they didn't. They <laughs> you didn't, watched some Orlando. Yeah, but he, 
you know, everyone was, I was excited about his three-point shooting this year. He took six attempts per game, and uh, he shot 33, 33.6% from three. And now that tailed off as the season went on. He started off pretty hot, um, and was he was like ended up being like 35 or something before the All-Star break, All-Star break and then went way down. Um, but his free-throw shooting is indicative of of not being there. He's, and he doesn't get to the line much either. He got to the line for the, the most time this year at uh, 3.9 times per game, which is just not that much. And he's just around a 70% foul shooter. So I don't know if it's real. Definitely your concerns about Orlando and them not having a point guard and having no spacing. and But the idea would be that Aaron Gordon would – you want Aaron Gordon playing the four, Right. Like you want him exploiting. Yes. You want him exploiting. Maybe even some center. Yeah. Maybe even some five. Yeah. Yeah. You want him exploiting guys who are not as quick as athletic as him and not having to be like, oh, I'm bigger than you. So I'm because I can dribble around. That's you don't want him dribbling as much, you know? So the idea is you sort of want him to be a more athletic Trevor Ariza almost. Right. That's the hope is, is the guy more athletic, physical, can get his own shot sometimes, Trevor Ariza. Oh, I think he can get his own shot way more than Trevor Ariza. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely for sure. But yeah. he's he's not the yeah. shooter that Ariza is. So is it is 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 it efficient? And that's my that's my yeah. question. Does he get to the line enough? Does he uh is the shot for real? And uh I don't necessarily know that it is, but it would be certainly fun like a lineup of I don't know where the shooting comes from, but Fultz, Covington, Simmons, Gordon, and Bede. I mean, that's a ridiculous in transition and on defense. Nobody's scoring on that one. I don't know. I, no, I, if they believe, if they look at Aaron Gordon, they say, with spacing, we think that he's like an absolute stud um, and the kind of guy that we, that we need to beat a Boston-type team because um, he could certainly switch on to all those guys. I don't know, but I, that that would be cashing. That would be that would be like saying it would be a risk in its own right, because you're saying yeah. we believe Aaron Gordon to become a be- a lot better player after four years in the league. Um, and well, and then you, you're basically lose saying all the salary what we were hoping to give LeBron, we're giving Aaron Gordon. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in simple terms, you know. So, yeah. Uh, as as a backup big, Ed Davis. Sure. Two years, eight million. Yeah. Yeah, I like Ed Davis. I was like Ed Davis. Uh, uh, Shabazz Napier will be a free agent. No. Any interest? No. Okay. And finally, would you give a restricted max to uh, Internet Darling and Toronto Raptor Fred Van Vliet? I like Fred Van Vliet. Uh, Landry Shamet teammate at Wichita. Mm. Shamet. Landry Shamet. Shamet away. (laughs) Um, No, I stay away. Here's my thing. This is the bummer about having TJ McConnell. Because he's obviously, he's obviously the best. But I love backup point guards. I love targeting guys who I think will be able to be backup point guards in the NBA. And for years, like Javon Carter is a guy I love. But for years, I've had to be able to be like, no, I can't. We have TJ. I don't want, I don't want anyone to take that from him. So, and TJ needs to get paid yeah, this next th- offseason. So I'm a little bit worried about TJ. I'm a little bit worried that, that TJ goes, that they decide we're not going to be able to pay him next offseason. And, and they... they capitalize on whatever value he has now that would bum me out but i would i would be i would convince myself to be excited about 
getting back into my uh, my backup point guard bullshit. Yeah, well, I don't. I, if you're signing Fred VanVleet, you're you're not signing him to be a backup. You know, you're. I think you're signing him to be a, a starter. You know, I, I it would it would certainly signal a. I don't know if it would signal anything about faults, but. Um, oh, are you being? You know, I thought you were being, I, I thought you were just joking. No, we're not signing Fred VanVleet. Come on. Oh, I like Fred VanVleet. Yeah, he's great, but um, not here. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's all I got. We should get this out before Kawhi gets traded. Yeah. Do you have anything else? <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm, I've been, over the past few days, getting more excited about Zaire Smith. Just, I, yeah. there's an article on Liberty Ballers with him and his uh, Texas Tech assistant coach. That's worth reading. Yep, I saw it. And yep. um, just everything you hear about Zaire is, is great. And I, I still, still weird that he slipped um, in the rankings as much as he did. And he just like, went to Texas Tech being as athletic as he is and as hard of a work- worker as he is. But apparently it was because he played a lot of four and five in high school. But even then, I don't know. How do you not look at that guy and see how athletic he is and say, well, if he can dribble a little bit, then that's then that guy's the real deal. But I don't know. Uh, I just think he's going to be really helpful here. I think he's going to uh, slot right in right away and come in off the bench and just create havoc. And uh, if the shot is as far along as people say, then, you know, I could see him doing sort of what he did at Texas Tech, which is go from playing some minutes earlier on to just like, you know, hey, we can't keep this guy off the court. He's too good. And we're too good when he's there. So I'm excited to watch him. And we just haven't had a guy that athletic and like a hound defensively really ever. I'm excited to watch it. Don't trade him. Yeah, I'd rather they not trade him. And by the way, if they do decide to trade him, they won't be. It would be one of those things where they have to wait a month to announce it, right? Like because they can't trade him until 30, 30 days after he signs his contract. That's the Wiggins thing. Oh. So if they traded him, uh, it's going to be one of those things where we all know about the trade and nobody talks. Nobody can officially talk about it. I, I think that's the rule. We'll talk. That's about why it. they couldn't trade Wiggins. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. Um, well, if something crazy happens tonight, we will we will find a way to get you a podcast about it. But I'm, I'm not expecting anything crazy happens with the Sixers tonight unless they trade for Kawhi today. So we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know, like face. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Bumpers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile to turn.